Records due to the fact that it is now in the 90s in Oklahoma. Daniel, the political manual. It's hot out here, folks. Uh, so please keep on all your clothes. Uh, Absolutely. We, we and have, let's fight global warming yeah. in any way, shape, or form we can. This is miserable. Well, and it's well, June okay. 3rd or whatever. Yeah, I know. Like, this is June weather, though. Like, this is late June weather. Yeah, I don't know. We've been lucky the last few years. It's been a little bit milder. Okay, so the if we're going to just jump right in, yeah. the average high temperature in the hottest part of the summer for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. what do you think it is? Aver- for like, well, I mean, for like, a, like what stretch? Because, I mean, we had that one year where it was like, oh, it was 100 plus for three straight weeks. Okay, historically, from the hottest three weeks of the summer are the last week of July and the first two weeks of August. Yeah. Without... Without cheating, I'm not looking it up. Um, what do you think that average high temperature is for the yeah. last week of July, first two weeks of August? It's our maximum high temperature that we see on average in Oklahoma. Well, your posturing makes me think it's going to be lower than I would say. So I'm going to say uh, 93. Very good guess. It's 94. 94 well, what's is. What's the heat index on that? There's not an average. Heat well, index. I know, but what's the heat index? Probably like 102. Probably, yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. But 94 is our average high temperature, which we're going to exceed tomorrow when we were knocking on the doorstep today with excessive humidity. So please stop accepting paper bags at Reese's, or plastic bags at Reese's. Only paper bags. Save the planet. Uh, except doesn't it take more energy to produce the paper bag than to dispose of the plastic bag? Isn't the proper thing to do is to just not use a bag bring your own bag yeah BYOB. yeah uh like i'm a i'm a bring your own bag like i think the last and i hate it when they give me grocery bags like i don't want them it's like put it in my cart that's why i like all of these so much you don't need a you can you just use the you reuse the boxes the stuff is already in you know that's the way to do it yeah um reduce reuse recycle but that doesn't look appealing on a normal shelf to put it on you know like a Research isn't going to put out their uh, Captain Crunch in the Captain Crunch box that it came in because, you know, uh, little Susie Homemaker's not going to think it looks nice enough to buy. So, Well, little, little Susie Homemaker's going to be sweating at home yeah. on her patio. Uh, yes, but I'm an advocate. Well, do uh, you remember, you know, those little, like, uh, chewy granola bars that everybody's had in their life, like Quaker Oats, like chewy granola bars? Absolutely. So they did a Chocolate thing. chip or peanut butter? Uh, well, I like them both, but, yeah. like... Uh, they uh, chocolate chip peanut butter. There you go. It's a winner. Yeah, it is a winner. Uh, but they did a thing probably early 20 teens where they just took those individual foil packages and wrapped a thing around them to sell them, and their sales plummeted because they weren't in a box. The aesthetics of sales. Oh, it's so matter. dumb. It is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I do not need that. Like. I go to the liquor store and I buy a bottle and they put that little protector on it. I'm like, 
This bottle's not made of the thinnest glass in the world. You don't need to waste that little protector. I don't even need this bag. Bag. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, exactly. So. But yes, that's a good way to start this podcast. It's a bunch of stupid stuff uh, in a world full of serious stuff. Uh, I mean, global warming's not stupid, but Global like, warming? Yeah, it's like, not really on the forefront right now. Uh, no, it is definitely taken a back burner to... Now, there were uh, scientific theories that said this was going to be a hotter summer because of COVID-19 that there are fewer uh, emissions out, and so the emissions actually create a, a cap that keeps the heat from rising below, above where it normally would. So we in cities might actually see hotter summers because the smog cap that keeps the temperature down is like gone. The greenhouse gases. Yeah, it's a. I can't remember the name of the theory, but it is uh, something that exists in there. Like it's like the. Yeah, it's very, uh, very. Uh, you know, you, you just can't win, right? <laughs> yeah. Every every scientific point you hear on the Red State Blues podcast has been vetted. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We've been exposed. Uh, um, yeah, so opinions heard on here are that of only... You should go look stuff up yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Go explore. But uh, that's not really a problem with the Red State Blues audience, I don't believe. No, 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 no. I do know that uh, there is a concern over the mass amount of energy being used to stream things at home. So apparently, like with movies and things like that, it would actually be better to have like packed theaters than people to like stream individually at home. You're telling me it would be better to have a hundred people drive to a movie theater? This is this is the this is the like not now that the the caveat here is it needs to be constantly packed theaters. Not talking about like you know having you know that, that that's the difference it's like if you are going to have a packed theater it's actually more efficient than people streaming at home apparently there's a massive energy create a drain from at home streaming interesting I, I was not aware of that I do know that you know if you have a bunch if you have hundreds of cars driving to a movie theater that's gonna create fresh new greenhouse gases it's true so. but no one's doing that anytime soon I haven't heard the movie theaters are opening up, uh, and not for a little while. I know well, the, the Circle Cinema here in Tulsa is opening up late June, I believe. I believe that's right, and I believe AMC is sometime in July. And they um, don't even know if they are going to be able to. Right. Well, and what is their incentive? Because the Hollywood theater, or Hollywood um, sets have not been putting out movies. There aren't new movies just firing off the shelf. Well, AMC themselves sort of, uh, they shot themselves in the foot with their posturing against Universal Pictures and Universal Pictures saying that they weren't going to put any movies in their theaters uh, because uh, what was the film that uh, Universal put out that upset, was it Trolls 2 or something? Like, the movie did a $500 million or something like that at home. They put it out on direct to video. Uh, and AMC was all upset because they were like, hey, no, you should save that for our movie theater when we reopen. Uh, but they didn't. And so they're kind of in a war with at least one of the major studios. Uh, but yeah, all these little things that are still going to be there when uh, the clouds of the last few weeks uh, eventually pass over, we're going to get right back to all the uh, odd uh, changes to our society uh, in, uh, in regard to, well, the... 
hard to say hangover of COVID nineteen because because we're right in the midst of yeah, it. Yeah, because we're, we're still, still in the midst of the, it. Like we're still pounding the COVID nineteen. You know what? Shots. You know what America is doing? We we're hair of the dogging. This is what we're doing. Well, except we <laughs> never like went to sleep. Well, true. Yes, that is that is true. We're just staying up. It's like we took a bump of meth. Uh, oh, okay. Oklahoma style. Oklahoma style. Yes. Uh, so, look, obviously it has been a very, very tumultuous last week uh, with all the protests here in and around Tulsa, Oklahoma City. Uh, not so much in Collinsville, <laughs> the three-person protest. Uh, but or Claremore, where the 14-year-old led oh, a peaceful pro- yeah. protest. Um, but, yeah, it's been a very tumultuous time. And, again, full-on caveat, we are two cisgendered white males speaking about this, so clearly not an authority uh, to be speaking for a community uh, that, but uh, but we are trying to do the right insight from, yeah. from the side of being allies. Oh yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, you know, we've, we've had so many things over the last week here in town. Um, the sort of ebbs and flows of this movement, if uh, Obviously, we had a Saturday and Sunday big protests in Tulsa. Uh, we are outside still, as you can tell. Uh, but uh, Saturday and Sunday big protests in Tulsa. Saturday significantly more peaceful than Sunday night turned into. Um, Sunday, uh, the big story coming out of it was the uh, the uh, Dodge Ram with its uh, uh, horse trailer tractor. Uh, going through the crowd on uh, Highway uh, 244 here in Tulsa that uh, made some national news, not as much uh, because... Because it's happening in every city. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. uh, That was going on there. Uh, And then we saw sort of over the next few nights, uh, that first, that Sunday night turned somewhat violent uh, down on the, once the march went down to Brookside. Brookside. Uh, and then, uh, boy, it's all running together now. Was the worst night Monday night? Sunday night was probably the worst night. So, okay. Sunday, Sunday, Monday were the worst yeah. two nights. And Monday night was at seventy uh, first. And so was Tuesday, right? And kind of, yeah. Last night, yeah. So certainly, uh, obviously, a fan of the Constitution and the right to assemble and protest. Uh, some well when we look at like Nashville (laughs) and we see the guy that broke into the courthouse and set the fire there that person is not an ally of the movement no absolutely not and I'm going to take a step back and just um, let everybody know that if you want to take in and see direct footage from the field Red State Blues was there um, on their Twitter feed at Red Blue Pod um, on Twitter, that you can see, we we were both embedded, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, we're on the interstate on Saturday. The police did a wonderful job of um, rolling with the change of plans. It was initially Saturday was supposed to be a stationary rally. Yeah. Um, so many people showed up that um, people started marching up and down the streets until the large coalition marched south on Peoria all the way to um, the entrance ramp to I-44 where 
And Tulsa police all, all the while was saying, okay, well, they're headed this direction. Let's block off this street and this street and this street where all the protesters were kept com completely safe and protesters caused no problems. Um, police provided protection of the citizenry, which is what they're here to do. And then um, we were able to gain access to I-44 with police blockade in place to where there would not be any damage to cars or humans, which I thought was really great of the city of Tulsa and Tulsa police to provide. Which obviously didn't happen on Sunday. Right. I was at both Saturday and Sunday. And um, again, check out our Twitter for plenty of um, visuals from those events. But Sunday, there were no cops to be seen within the problematic areas. Um, the, the march was supposed to end in Reconciliation Park. There were, it was peaceful there, there were no cops there. But instead of going into Reconciliation Park, um, a large amount of protesters went on the highway and there was no support from Tulsa police. Um, I'm not blaming Tulsa police for that. But it was just a different, a completely different setup from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, which, which, and then when we saw that, uh, of course, the news that came out of the Saturday protest, at least, because was that uh, we had Mayor G.T. Bynum met with the leaders of the Saturday protest, not the Sunday protest, but the Saturday protest. And I'm sure there was some crossover between the two. But, uh, he did meet with them this week, and we did have allegedly the end of uh, live PD in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, I know we both watched the live stream of the meeting between the organizers and GT on Monday or Tuesday or whenever that yeah. was. I think it was Monday. I, th I yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And initially, um, so at the Saturday rally, there were four major demands that were listed, um, included in those demands were an oversight committee for the Tulsa Police Department, as well as an end to live PD, and then a couple other issues. And those are issues that GT Bynum has um, con consistently refused to listen to. They've been brought up over and over and over and over and over by leadership on um, the other side and for some strange reason after the Saturday March GT found it in his heart to become a um, uniter instead of a divider and um, agreed to both in live PD as for some well. strange reason yeah you know, I don't know you don't, you don't want to just say what it was well I think he saw that there was a rally and there were a large amount of his voters yeah and he saw that it wasn't just the black community he saw it was um, moderate he saw it, it was a lot of if white you, people if you caught my people. groundbreaking performance as GT Bynum on talk show Inc's Tesla for Tulsa uh, broadcast you would know that I'm not the biggest fan uh I told uh, people in our, one of our chats, I was like, if GT Bynum would just end live PD, he would not have to worry about re-election for mayor. And it seems as though he's maybe done that. Now, I'm not quite sure. Like, uh, so what it seems like to me is that he agreed to not renew the contract. 
right? Yes. Okay. So not renewing the contract, that seems like something that... Uh, I know the, fr the Fraternal Order of Police have spoken out against this since. Um, but uh, as friend of the show Michael Patton has pointed out, the FOP has never, induced an, uh, or never endorsed a... Uh, incumbent mayor in the last 40 years. So They've never induced one either. Yeah, they never induced one. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them were pregnant. They had to do that. But uh, they've never endorsed an incumbent mayor, so it's not unusual that uh, the FOP would be like this. At the same time, Bynum is not renewing a contract. He's not canceling a contract, so it's a little bit different, right? Uh, he's just not renewing the contract, so I don't really think there's anything the FOP can do about this. Uh, From a legal standpoint, no. Yeah. But, I mean, ending and canceling the the contract is over. Oh, so. yeah, 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 no. Now, my concern is the... I guess the two-week time frame was the contract is when it expired? I believe so. Okay. Because the way it made it sound in that press conference is that they were going to have a replacement for it in two weeks. And I was like, what? That is insane. Like, Well, it was really interesting watching the press conference because they, again, as I've watched on many different um, press conferences that they've held and meetings, the black leadership will ask for him to cancel the show and he'll just flat out say, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And this time he started with that same argument. He came yeah. out and just said, no, I'm not going to do that. But then peppered with, you know, a ton of questions and, you know, his remembering what happened Saturday, he decided to write up a, a big, long thing about how he's going to yeah, cancel and replace. So the replacement idea is a non-profit version, basically, uh, is what they were pitching, it sounded like. Which I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that manifests itself. Is that going to be... Like, again, there's lots of details that will be... I, I think the reality will be that there will be a gap. Uh, and the, the standard argument that people make for live PD is that, oh, you want police oversight. Here's police oversight. But it's not. No, it's, it's bullcrap. It's produced. Yeah, it's, it's overly produced. Yeah. It's for the purpose of entertainment. Yeah, it's not art; it's entertainment, and it's on A and E. And well, so, A and E went the, the arts of A and E went the way of the buffalo a long time. A long time. Ago. No, no, I shouldn't say that because the buffalo are back. It went the way of the dodo a long time. Ago, so. Indeed. Right. And so, to to look at this as an oversight show of TPD when they ride up and down Admiral, you know that's not what TPD does. They don't just ride up and down Admiral. So, I find that to be disingenuous to say that you're just doing this for oversight and for positive views of police and if you want police doing positive things why don't you show them walking kids into school or reading books to kids in schools and building relationships with the youth i mean that would be much more effective than showing them throw the youth's parents in jail yeah, I, you know, one of the few times uh, I tried to avoid getting into it with people, one of the few times I did was over live PD, where I said, told someone, that, like, it's just psychological fact that the presence of cameras escalates situations. It can either lead people to being more timid or more aggressive, depending on their reaction to the camera. 
And this person replied back, well, every time I see it, they get aggressive. I'm like, well, all right, that's what I'm saying. It's like the presence of a camera. How would you feel if, like, you're being wrongfully arrested or arrested for a minor crime and you know that you're now being used for entertainment? You wouldn't feel too great about it. It's probably going to exacerbate the situation, which is ultimately the problem with it. So, well, yes, that that's half the problem. And the other half of the problem is they target the minority communities. They're not, you know, writing a... I've not seen the live PD from, you know, 41st and Peoria. Well, the same thing for that goes with the NDUI program. Right, for sure. When was the last time that NDUI in Tulsa was uh, south, about 91st and south, yeah, south of 51st Street and then wasn't on Peoria, right? It's, right. Like, they've never set up NDUI at uh, 81st and Memorial or anything like that, like you're saying. So... Uh, we are going to um, voluntarily cancel our sponsorship by NDUI because we do not, and the ABLE Commission, um, we do not support them. And so... No, liquor law should be local. That It works for some. It's got to work for something, right? Yep. Liquor law should be local and enforcement should be local. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, been a rough week, uh, especially across the nation. And we... So you know, one of the things that we can't speak for is... We don't know the situation in other uh, part, other cities in America. We're not seeing the uh, day-to-day on-the-ground coverage. We just see the highlights. Uh, so I don't. I, I think it would be sort of incorrect of us to speak, but we can certainly speak to the injustices and things of uh, people destroying, you know, supplies and medical stations for uh, for protesters and things like that. Um, yeah, we don't support that, obviously. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, but just to expand on that, there's everybody needs to understand there's a difference between protesters and looters. They're not the same group. And so a protester protests, a looter loots, don't put them in the same group. That's irresponsible and lazy if and, you're and, doing And that. even then, there are those situations in certain cities that have had that oppression where the looting is sort of a natural like outburst for that 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 psychological repression uh-huh. but not for the people in many of these cases that are doing that. Uh, and, and quite frankly what I'm alluding to is a lot of these sort of anarchist cosplayers I've seen out there uh, that are trying to live out their little anarchy fantasies. Oh, they're phony jabronis. Oh yeah, they, yeah, like, and that's what we've been dealing with. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Sam. Tim. Huh? Shout out to Tim. Shout out to Tim. We have to. Yeah, yeah, this is something we have to do legally. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Tim. But uh, shout out to uh, Duke Durant. Uh, we saw him uh, Monday or Tuesday night. He was over there trying to get the kids to uh, to back down over on Seventy First Memorial. Duke. Uh, Help host laughter and lyrics here on pod, on uh, Sounds Tooth. He's a, uh, a veteran of the Navy uh, and a great, all around great guy. And he was like, "Those kids, man! Like I tried to get them to stop, and they just wouldn't." And then yeah, Channel Six was all over his his speech to the protesters, and I I can only imagine his frustration with just this specific situation, being that he's trying to help you know lead and be a part of peaceful protest and you have these little shitheads yeah. who you know <coughs> crawled out of their 
their privilege to go Here, wreck stuff. Here's it's very thing. frustrating. Here's what I say. If there are protests out there, here's what I will say. Um, like, one of our uh, friends works for a news station here in Tulsa, and he was like, hey, if you're out there on the protest on, on Saturday, Sunday and you see our cameras, please come up and talk to us. If you are someone that feels shy about getting on the camera, you're probably the person we need to have on the camera. Because, like, we need some, we need people that are going to be, like, talking about why they're really there. Because if, if the only people that are going to speak on the camera are going to be, like, sort of these... The fringe people. The fringe people or these sort of, like, radical cosplay, like, anarchist people, then it's going to make the movement look really bad. Like, go out and speak your mind. No one's going to, like, fire you for it. And, and if they do fire you for it, you don't want to work for those people in the first place. So, it'll be okay. Like, um... But yeah, a rough week. I know it was certainly in a, a very rough week for me, and I think uh, emotionally and dealing with a lot of stuff. And uh, it's just, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Other cities are still going. Seems like Tulsa's calmed down a little bit. A little bit. It's hard to tell because the local media on Monday night, I believe, um, all all four major local media outlets were told by the Tulsa police to vacate the scene because their presence was inciting people to get more involved. And I don't really think it's the Tulsa Police Department's job or um, privilege to tell people or tell the media what they can and cannot cover. Yeah. I, I took exception to that. that. That's, a, that's a hard one for me because I don't think that they're wrong in thinking that the cameras like will incite certain type of people to get crazier on the camera uh, at the same time yeah we need it to be documented and so it's it's, it's, it's a catch-22 situation like there's there's no good outcome to this I don't think the Tulsa world ever went dark did they um, they did not post any video yesterday I don't okay. believe but day before they were the only ones on 71st and well that Warner. may have been because they had exhausted their budget for the week because yeah. <laughs> it is it is print media so yeah. uh, but shout out to everybody that's been out there on the front lines covering the stuff and getting tear gassed and everything else uh, of course something that came out of this on the national level is that uh, the orange buffoon uh, oh is there national news too yeah the orange buffoon uh, declared Antifa a terrorist organization which is I look I, I, I expressed to you guys if I if I when I when I turned on the protest and I see some scrawny guy white guy on there flying a communist flag in the face of everybody I'm like what are you doing like being a communist is not being a good anti-fascist like and you are not actually Antifa I know guys that are Antifa and they are not <laughs> doing that. Like, uh, I so don't come get me Donald Trump. That I know Antifa guys, but like I know guys that either have been in part of Antifa or they sympathize with Antifa. That is not what Antifa does. Like they do not go out and provoke that type of response from people. It was definitely in Oklahoma City. That one guy got like two straight days of airtime. Well, he was in him or his. Brothering, yeah. yeah, we're in Tulsa on Sunday for sure. Well, I just don't get it. I mean, what are you what are you trying to promote there? Like, anti-fascism is great because the idea of being anti-Nazi and all that is great. Um, Joseph Stalin killed sixty million Jews. 
flying a communist flag, especially a Russian communist flag, is an endorsement of genocide. Like it's a I little mean, tone deaf. Yeah, well, it's an endorsement of genocide. I mean, just that's all it is. I mean, like it, it, you just that's just just wrong. I mean, you could talk about like socialism and, and, and that type of belief and stuff, but not endorse the Soviet Union, which is a completely different thing. Uh, but we do have, uh, well, uh, I, well, I learned, I didn't know this, we were talking about this uh, before the show briefly, I learned that uh, we almost had medical marijuana delivery in Oklahoma. Yeah. I didn't know this uh, was almost a thing, and then uh, apparently got vetoed and uh, didn't have enough votes to uh, repass. Kevin said that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, it makes me think that Kevin Stitt is not a good enough businessman to own a dispensary that could deliver. I don't think he's a good enough human to be mayor or governor. Yeah, I don't think he's a good Let enough... Let alone mayor. What could he be mayor of? Mm, he's not good Kellyville? Enough. He no, could be mayor no, of Kellyville. No, no, let's don't, let's, don't let's don't insult Kellyville. Sorry, Kellyville. Way. He could be the mayor of the hair club for men. How about that? Not the president. The okay. eyebrows for men. The eyebrows. Okay, the eyebrows for men. He could be the mayor of that uh, out there. Uh, but, yeah, we do... I mean, there's so much... Uh, national stuff going on. COVID is still around. COVID is still going on. It's thriving. It, it's it, alive and well. It's alive and well. Um, uh, I have been out a few times to a couple places. Um, it's weird being out with COVID still around. Of course, I'm cherry picking any place that I go to to be a responsible place that is trying their best to fight it. And, uh, you know, it's, it is very different. Uh, we were talking about this before the show as well, uh, discussing the fact that uh, you were like, well, I don't know if it's ever going to go back to normal. And at least my hope, as I was expressing to you, is that the United States, the world, we have cured diseases like this before. Maybe we can do it again. Um, we have to. We yeah. absolutely have to. Yeah. Uh, if you believe Dr. Fauci, we're going to have 200 plus million vaccines that are going to be available. And I think this goes without saying that Red State Blues is a pro-vaccine. We're product. a pro-science pro-vaccine. Yeah, vaccine. like, sorry. Uh, you can ignore all the science you want, but like... I, I know we just probably lost a lot of listeners. Yeah, I know. Over like, the... Our, agreement with science but you know you know, that's what the anti-vax thing is something that has been befuddled me because it, it does cross like party lines it's like people it's, are stupid i just don't get it man like i grew up with no measles because i took a vaccine <laughs> like uh but hopefully we do get a vaccine uh at by at least by the end of the year and uh, at least and hopefully 2021 will not only see a return to uh, normal business, but uh, the return to a uh, blue White House, maybe. Maybe, hopefully. Uh, your general thoughts, uh, I think both of us may be on the same page, but we do think, I think at least, that Joe Biden has been handling the situation quite well. Well, I mean, with the backdrop of his competition, it, it would be hard to look bad. Because, I mean, we haven't even talked about it. I can't believe we're however many minutes into this. But... We have not even discussed the fact that, and every single week it's something new. It's like, oh my God, is he going to shoot um, bleach into his veins? Is he going to, you know, continue to take hydroxychloroquine, which has not been proven? Yeah. Is he going to, you know, this and that? But this week, 
So every week on my walkover, I contemplate, you know, what the main stories from the White House are going to be. And I always think as I'm walking over, this week is going to be crazier than any, this week has been crazier than any other week we've ever seen. But I'm going to make a statement here. This week has been crazier than any week we've ever seen. Um, President Trump ordered the troops... The yes, United yes, States yes, military yeah. okay, I get where you're going. into the streets to fight peaceful protesters. Yeah. And 30 minutes after making that statement in the Rose Garden, he decided to have um, Lafayette Square completely tear gassed and um, cleared by rubber bullets and tear gas, including clergy members of the church that is right next door. Because they were handing out supplies. So you're tear gassing pastors. Way to go. Um, all for the end game of him walking over from the White House after completely tear gassing pe- peaceful Americans so he could hold a Bible up upside down in a very awkward manner to show that he is the Christian president. Did he open it? And he was asked, is this your Bible? And he said, it's a Bible. And then, um, Neri was there. I went, a, I went to the Holiday Inn and I picked one up on the way home. Yeah, and, and, left the, and left the prostitute there at the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Um, Neri a moment, did he crack said Bible and read a verse or say a prayer or no. um, do anything religious? But he's there holding a Bible upside down after tear gassing American citizens to create a photo op. It's really, that's a, that's a new low. Well, after saying that he's going to release the military well, on Americans in you, the streets. And you didn't even mention that we also got Pat Robertson speaking out against him. Yeah, Pat <laughs> Robertson took a stand. <laughs> I, I messaged one of my friends who is a uh, hardcore Episcopal, uh, and she just told me, yeah, like, if he steps foot on their land again and does anything they're going to press charges (laughs) and I would love to see the Episcopal Diocese of America press charges against the President of the United States that's a new one that would be amazing like like that would be that would be really really amazing yeah then he went uh, I'll I'll, I'll say it I guess we shouldn't condone it to be good liberals but um, but I did like that people called him bunker bitch this week uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're not supposed to use that word, I know, but like... He's a bunker baby. Yeah, he's a bunker baby. Let's use that one. He's a bunker baby, going to his little bunker, but just to inspect it, right? Just to inspect it. Like so. Moments before the White House was under the most intense attack, in his perceived attack, yeah. in his mind, that they've ever had, he decides it's time to go take a look, not to, you know, hunker down. Not to be a bunker baby. It's probably a good thing that uh, the movie Olympus Has Fallen came out during the Obama administration. Because if that movie came out during the Trump administration, people would be like, well, good. (laughs) All right. Good riddance. See you later. Like, uh, we can hard pass. All right. You guys can have that. We'll we'll just move the capital to, I don't know, uh, Pittsburgh. There you go. We got it. Let's go. but yeah, like, and then yeah, uh, Mattis came out against him, hardcore against him, hardcore against him, and uh, that's and we a, the, the movement within the army itself of uh, the uh, you know a soldier's rights that if you are being ordered to violate the Constitution, you can 
refuse orders, which I did not know, but apparently that was a thing that was uh, trending pretty hard as well. Well, on that note, Mark Esper is the um, Secretary of Defense. He's in charge of the military. He came out and said, I will not support the military being used against human or American citizens. Which I can't believe a Department of Defense leader would have to come out and make that statement. This is really uncharted territory. I know we say that every week. Yeah. But no, that's the we're gonna be so bored in two years. Yeah. We're just we gonna be like, Well Well, they did the right thing again this week. I guess we're gonna get upset about like, I don't know, probably some financial scandal or something. Because that that's always gonna be a scandal. Just imagine, if you will Imagine if you will. If a world. Yeah, a world. Where Barack Hussein Obamacare invited the military to go tear gas American citizens. In this case, it would be American conservative citizens oh, you know, gathered oh. around protesting him. If he gassed them and then went and did a political stunt, imagine what the fallout would be. It would be immense. It would be unbelievable. And I guess the people who um, hold... Trump and disdain have already accepted that, you know, he's the ultimate evil, and so there's no, like, major uprising when he does stuff like this. Well, I think there, there is historical precedent. For gassing American citizens so yes. you can take a picture in front of a church? Uh, not, not to take a picture in front of the church, but there is historical precedence. Um, uh, during the Great Depression, there's a thing called the Bonus Army, uh, World War One veterans were promised a bonus uh, that was supposed to be paid out, I believe, in 1945. Uh, but the Great Depression hit, and, and so 1932, this, these uh, some people allege about a million or so, whatever the number was, of World War One veterans marched on Washington. Uh, they went to uh, Washington and they petitioned Congress. They said, "Hey, give us our bonuses now." We need the money. We're in the Great Depression. Give us our bonuses. We need them now. We don't need them in the future. We need them right now. Um, Congress said, well, thank you for showing up, uh, but we don't believe this is going to help the economy. And then the Congress had the audacity to pass a bill that said, we're not going to give you your bonus. What we will give you is money to take a train ride back home. Now, that's not where the story ends. So a lot of these veterans said, and these are veterans. These aren't just like protesters. These are veterans, right? A lot of these veterans said, well, screw you, Congress. We don't have a home to go to because we lost it because of the Great Depression. So they set up uh, camps, Hoovervilles, on the National Mall. Hoover's response was to use the Army bayonets out and tear gas led by Douglas MacArthur charging through to tear gas American veterans to get them out of the National Mall. On the National Mall. Um, well, that's sick. That's disgusting. But I mean, so there is there is precedent. And well, the result of that is it is considered to be the death nail of Hoover's presidency. So hopefully maybe this is the death nail of Trump's presidency. Well, Trump went further. He did release the military on D.C., which he does have the authority to do. He does not have the authority to release it in other states, and that was the claim he made in his press conference. 
So the military has not been used in other states. He actually does have the authority to do that. Because I don't believe he does. No, he does. Go back to the uh, the Little Rock Nine. I when the Little Rock Nine, when uh, Governor Orville Faubus in Arkansas said that he would not integrate Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, he actually used the National Guard. National Guard is not no, real military. He used the National Guard, Orville Faubus did, to keep them from integrating. Eisenhower said, uh-uh. And he sent in the 101st Airborne to forcefully integrate Little Rock Central High School. So there is precedent for a president to use the United States military to... Now, that was on the side of right. But there is precedent for an American president to use the military to quell violence and riots and protests in a state. Is there a precedent for him to do that across America? Well, I mean, once if it's, if it's applicable in one state, it's applicable in any state. So I'm not saying it's right, but I am saying that there is actual precedent. I mean, you could argue, you know, uh, I know what you're saying, the difference between the National Guard and that, but this was the 101st Airborne Division. That it's was, pretty shaky legal ground. I, I'm just saying the president has the authority to do that. Might have the authority to do that. It has been established that he does. So, like, historical precedent shows that he has the authority. I, I'm just saying. I, I mean, I don't. It's obviously Eisenhower was doing it for the forces of good, whereas Trump is doing it for the forces of evil. But there is a historical precedent for it. So, uh, I mean. And you know what, I, I was just reminded about that Bonus Army incident, and now that gives me hope, because the Bonus Army incident was a thing that a lot of the people that are on the fence about Herbert Hoover and FDR went, oh, you're turning the troops on our own citizens? Then uh, you can screw right off, so. Uh, diet ginger ale and bourbon. Whiskey ginger. Good. Don't uh, now, uh, so that's been going on. <laughs> yeah, just another week in America. Just another week and in America. So, so my concern is that every single week I walk over to the COVID-19 studios <laughs> and live, live from the COVID-19 studios. Yeah, that's an official sponsorship. So Official sponsorship. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, COVID. We are sponsored hardcore by a disease. Yeah. So my concern is that every single week I come over here and I think, okay, we're going to talk about stuff that is unprecedented and more extreme and more um, loaded with lunacy than anything I've ever seen. And then the next week makes me think, oh, that wasn't such a big deal the week before. So... The escalation of the craziness is off the rails, I would say for sure. And I think that's largely because Donald feels like he's in hot, hot, hot water come November. Unless he delays the election. Yeah. Unless there's some shenanigans. He's in big trouble. The polls have all show, showed that. Yeah. Uh, the whole delaying the election thing, Nixon and... Uh getting his name now. Nixon and his main advisor. Can't remember his name. 
Uh, if you read the Nixon tapes, which I have had the unfortunate pleasure of reading the actual Nixon tapes through thoroughly, uh, C to C. Yeah, uh, well, about a year's worth. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Kissinger, Henry Kissinger. Uh, yeah, Nixon. Him, Nixon tried to. They had discussions of how can I like create a national emergency that would allow me to delay the presidential election. Uh, and if Henry Kissinger couldn't find a way to do it, then I don't know that anyone at Donald Trump. Stephen Miller's gonna yeah, be able to do think, it. Like, because Henry Kissinger, not not a fan of him, but he is a legitimate like genius. A mind. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a mind. So I, I do hold out hope for that. And I do think a delayed election. Uh, I'm pretty sure if there's a delayed election, Laura and I and you are probably taking up our swords and uh, whatever we can find to go riot in the streets. Right. Uh, Laura, 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 I think wants to go take a sword up and riot in the streets with me. If there's a delayed election, will we go riot in the streets? I'm not going to do anything that's not peaceful. What? Oh, I don't know. For a delayed election, that's the delaying of democracy. So, I think you got to with that. Very, very possibly. Yeah, I think you got to. I, I, I really hope it doesn't come. Yeah, hopefully that would it doesn't be come. Really gross. Uh, all right, so the last thing we want to talk about today, uh, I think we, we've got, I mean, we can keep going on about this. We know the stuff's just, are there any other major, like, for some reason, the stock market's going up. During well, because this. the stock market is not a mirror of the economy. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know, but it's still very odd. <laughs> that well, if yeah. you infuse trillions of dollars into, you know, 30 companies, the stock market is... A very limited amount of companies, and yeah. if those companies do well, like the Dow Jones Industrials. Uh, get, getting back, we'll talk about COVID for a minute. It does certainly seem uh, we. I think we have figured out a majority of Americans' span of sacrifice. Right, and I saw this coming all along. Um, we really enjoyed after nine eleven getting back out. You know, yeah, and supporting America through those means. And I've spoken on this on previous pods, but that is not really applicable here. You know, this is a, a hunker it's, down kind it's of It's different, yeah. It's different. I just really, I really would love to have seen what it would have been like if everything would have just waited until June 1st. Like complete lockdown yeah, like they didn't like, on? Yeah, like a complete lockdown, at least to the extent that you can have a complete lockdown, you know, with the essential services being open, curbside, things like that. But, like, because I know that there were, I don't I don't mean a complete lockdown in that, like, grocery stores are closed and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, the lockdown that we had in April, keep that going till June 1st and see what it would have looked like. It would have been better than... It still would have been gone, but it, it would have been considerably better, I I think we could have crushed it. Yeah, I think um, we did a really good job. I think the problem is, you know, Kevin Stitt decided it's time to open when the numbers did not support that. And yeah. we've talked about that again as well for weeks. And, you know, if you're going to open in the middle of a pandemic, of course, shit's going to continue to spread. So. Yeah, we will see how the numbers uh, continue to grow and how the... Uh, symptoms continue to change and augment it is a virus viruses mutate they weaken they strengthen 
So hopefully it will, like, none of us want to have it. Like, we all want it to be gone. Like, But we're all probably going to have it. Yeah. Uh, I did find out this week that a person I know had it in early March. Uh, so it does kind of... A member of the Tooth Fam. It does, it does kind of see like this narrative that a lot of people try to establish that it didn't get here until mid-March or later is absolutely wrong. Right. Because I remember some people like, like uh, this particular person, uh, they said that they were sick in the very first week of March, and they've been quarantined since, since like March 12th or 14th, and they tested positive for the antibodies. So that would indicate that they must have contracted it in late February, early March. That I, I believe I'm but, in that boat. But, but well. there are some people that are just like adamant that like no, it didn't get here until mid March, and I, I just don't believe that. Well, I, being I, that we had zero testing yeah. in early March. Uh, you know, I don't know the the varying uh, res, uh, reliability of the test. I know that uh, OBI, the Oklahoma Blood Institute, will give you a uh, antibody test for free. But it's the two to three week one. Yeah, you have to donate blood, obviously, and they'll give it to you for free if you donate blood. Uh, if you're strapped for cash and you do have antibodies, apparently the uh, CSL laboratories are giving out $400 for plasma do donations uh, for people that have had COVID. Uh, so if you're out there and you're struggling and you have had it, then there you go. And there are some other, like, 15-minute uh, tests now, apparently, that will tell you if you have antibodies that are allegedly 97% accurate. Uh, and I know some various uh, for-profit places that I will not mention because uh, I don't remember them. Uh, but I think those usually cost you around $70. So if you're wanting to get tested, you might go out there and get tested uh, and figure it out uh, out there. All right. Well, let's wrap up here talking about... Uh, we'll talk about this some more in the upcoming weeks because... Uh, one of the things we do have coming up is an election on June 30th. I started off my day today uh, uh, sending out uh, text messages in support for uh, State Question 802. And I found something out, which is... What's that? Uh, that, you know, when you get a lot of these random text messages from things, uh, it's because they get all these numbers from the free uh, open source of Oklahoma voter database and uh, I sent out a few of these text messages uh, and I got people responding back, how did you get this number? I don't like this. This is a government conspiracy. And I was like, oh okay. <laughs> that's a no vote. Yeah, that's a no vote. Uh, but yeah, apparently uh, that's how a lot of these places get that number is they access that uh, the, your your voter database and then you can get it. Uh, a lot of people are like uh, a few people now overwhelmingly are the response uh, this was a this was not a biased response. this was not a Democrat or Republican base. this was a straight up people that had their phone numbers registered through the Oklahoma voting uh, voter pool. Uh, it certainly seems like it's going to pass uh, from the responses that were given. so hopefully that is true. I would say uh, in our six or seven thousand that we've done in the last two days it's about an 85 to 15 split on uh, people saying yes they're gonna they're gonna vote yes for 802 well i know our listeners are probably all for um expansion yeah so i guess i'm preaching to the choir and wasting my breath but we send 900 million dollars to the federal government and don't get any of it back if we will agree to invest $100 million, we will get that $900 million back from the federal government. So we'll have a billion dollars 
to spend on health care yeah. in Oklahoma. We are one of the most unhealthy states. How are we not doing this? Uh, it, it's beyond me. I will say, and we both kind of joked about it, uh, but uh, I've been uh, watching some... I haven't. I didn't really watch a lot of streaming stuff during the COVID times, uh, but I've started again, and I keep getting the commercials for 802, and whatever firm they hire to do these commercials, like, bravo. They know the audience they need to reach. Yeah, they, they, have, they have done three different commercials that I've seen. One of them is the very simple sort of like cartoony graph thing that shows the amount of money being spent and it shows the arrows going out to all the other states that are getting our money. Which is too confusing for the rednecks of Oklahoma. But also pretty simple. It's like, but it's like money go out, not come in, right? Uh, then there is the two rednecks <laughs> talking on their truck bed. The colloquialisms yeah. really play in Oklahoma. Like our money's going out to whatever. Like it's like, okay. It's going to Washington? Good job. And then uh, there's the tearjerker one. Have you seen the tearjerker one? The one where the gentleman is driving his, I would only hope, his wife. His wife, yes. His, 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 it has to be his girlfriend. Um, to the hospital. But the hospital's closed. Yes, and because that is ultimately one of the biggest things here, um, is that Oklahoma has lost a lot of rural hospitals. And think about that. I mean, like, you need to go to the hospital and you drive to it and it's closed. You don't know. I mean, that's a legit thing that's gone on because hospitals have been closing in rural Oklahoma because they don't have this money. So please. Well, because their they're, um, citizens don't oh, have the yeah, money yeah. or don't have insurance and they can't. So please vote yes on 802. It would be uh, amazing. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick rundown here. I'm looking at the Tulsa County election ballot as I can see it on this uh, one on the OK.gov site, which Stellar, stellar site. Okay, not good. Does it only rival the or the unemployment uh, yeah, site? Yeah. Uh, state officers here in Tulsa are voting for uh, corporation commissioner on the Republican side. You can vote for Harold Spaulding or Todd Height to get the uh, nomination there. Uh, Democrat U.S. Senate. Uh, I think maybe it's just confirmation bias or my bias, my social. I'm pretty sure Abby Royals is going to win this one because I do not know the any, primary. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. It's she's Abby Broyles. She was in Oklahoma City media. Yeah, Abby Broyles, Sheila Blue, R. O. Joe Cassidy Jr., Elizabeth Britt. No offense, Elizabeth. I do not like the way your name is spelled. Uh, e. L. Y. S. A. Beth. I don't, I'm out. I lost, you lost me on the, the, the name. Paul Tay didn't want any of that. Yeah, Paul Tay. No, Paul Tay. I don't think so. Uh, oh, uh, oh. Yes. Oh well. I guess. Uh, United States Senator on the Republican side, uh, Neil Mavis, Jim Inhofe, obviously, John Tompkins, and some guy named J.J. Stitt. Any relation? Doubtful. Doubtful. But, <laughs> you know, maybe people will think it is, and they'll vote for it. Support him. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, and then if you're a Democrat in District 1, U.S. State, uh, United States Representative uh, Kojo Asamoah Cesar, or Mark A. Keeter in the primary. District 1 is Mark Wayne Mullen, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I'm so going to chalk that one up. We're not going to go into these this week. We'll get into those in the future weeks. Hopefully, we might be able to get a candidate on uh, to talk about some stuff. Uh, certainly one that's near and dear to our heart here in uh, Tulsa. State Senate, District 35, Democrat, uh, Carly Hotford, 
Stan Allen Young, and also uh, Joanna Dossett. Uh, I'm look. Red State Blues is uh, transparent. We are a Joanna Dossett uh, podcast. For sure, money has been given yeah. in that direction. Uh, sign is in my yard. Uh, we'll I'll skip over the Republican ones because who cares? Uh, let's see if there are any more. Uh, District 72. Uh, Maria Velez Barnes and Monroe Nichols. Uh, Monroe Nichols has served a couple terms. I went to TU with him, and he will continue. So this will be his last term, or no? He comes no, he's got oh, a couple more. State House. So yeah, yeah. So he's got a few more. Yeah, uh, um, but he's he's done a, a quality job. And then obviously state question eight hundred two. Uh, we hundred percent ask you to vote yes on that. Uh, if you are a uh, person that lives in either of these two uh, TPS districts, uh, there are a couple board races, uh, Shane Saunders and John Croissant uh, versus uh, oui, oui. Ruth Ann Fate and Jerry R. Griffin. That is Office 5 and Office 6, respectively. I'm not informed about those. I cannot speak to what they represent, but please do go vote in any election that's ever out there. Uh, if you are Union Public Schools, uh, I believe that is not our union. I believe that is the Oklahoma Union Public Schools. So we do have an election on June 30th. We urge everybody to go out and vote. Uh, if you are not comfortable voting in person at a poll, it's probably too late for absenteeism. I'm not sure what the deadline is on that. It, it, but it, to update your um, status and to register to vote. You have to be registered by Friday, June. What's tomorrow? Oh, the fifth. The fifth. Yeah. So June if you're 5th. listening to this, it's too late. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's too late. Uh, but if you are concerned about going out and voting because of COVID, and you're concerned about a larger crowd, I would recommend looking into doing early voting at the uh, Tulsa County Election Board. Um, because you can kind of monitor the situation there and go during a downtime and maybe get in uh, without having to worry about a big crowd. The reality of it is it's a June 30th election. Go wear your mask to vote. You're probably not going to have a line a lot of people in there. The worst part is going to be signing your name. That's about it. Bring your own pen. Yeah. You don't have to use yeah. their pen. BYOP. Bring your own pen. All right, uh, Daniel, the political manual. Anything you want to tell the fine people out there before we hit the old dusty trails? If everybody calls one family member and tells them to vote yes on 802, you, you will pass. You will dye your hair blonde, right? Sure. Okay. There's no way to, to back that up. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that So everybody, be proactive. Also, explain to your elderly parents or grandparents why Black Lives Matter is more appropriate than All Lives Matter, because there's that's not yeah an equation an equality. So you know, advocate for the African American community with your family and friends, people that will listen to you. Be vocal. Uh, and of course, I get the uh, duty of uh, telling you guys all the, the shill parts of this. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I believe it's Red Blue Pod on both, or it might be Red State Blues on Facebook. But you can search Red State Blues on Facebook and you can find it. It's definitely a Red Blue Pod on Twitter. The uh, Twitter has gotten much more active, so yeah. check it out. I am not a Twitter guy, so. Uh, but. Uh, 
Daniel the Political Manual is uh, maybe we'll uh, start a TikTok. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but uh, check us out on there. Also, check out Soundstooth.tv. We launched our own uh, video entertainment network, Soundstooth.tv. Uh, you can also catch live streams throughout the week at Soundstooth Now that will take you to our Twitch. Uh, the evil overlords of Facebook do not uh, uh, edit us on Twitch like they do on Facebook. So be sure to check all that out, guys, uh, and follow us, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Unsubscribe, like again. It helps. I don't know. Uh, anything you want, you can catch us on uh, Facebook. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I believe iHeartRadio as well, and also certainly on the Sounds, the revamped Soundstooth app on your phone. So please check those out. And, uh, you know, he came back today to send us off uh, with a, a great little tune. And uh, we want to, we just want to thank him. Thank you, Garth. Garth is back for one more day. What a trooper. He is. I was feeling the blues. I was watching the news. When this fella came on. I'm telling you that science has proved that heartaches are healed by the sea. That got me going without even knowing I'm back right.